everybody. Uh, my name is Jose Luis Valenzuela, and I'm the artistic director of the Latino Theater Company. Latino Theater Company strongly about the events which have taken place recently and historically affecting people of color and in particular the Asian community. It is a responsibility to make our audience aware of the long-standing relationship we had had with our Asian colleagues and we share the same struggle of calling out white supremacy and hate. We invite you to a conversation where we can share information and understand how we can organize and continue to support our Asian brothers and sisters at this important time. Welcome and thank you very much for being with us. And now, John Lawrence Rivera, please. Hello and good evening, everybody. Um, I would love to um, first off have a uh, our land acknowledgement. So, um, Jose Luis, if you could uh, start off with the land acknowledgement, please. <laughs> the Latino Theater Company acknowledged that the Los Angeles Theater Center stand on the traditional lands of the Gabrielino Tonga Nation. The Latino Theater Company pays our respects to the nation and other indigenous caretakers of these lands and waters and to their elders who have lived here, who live here now, and who will live here in the future. Thank you so much. And uh, I would like to pass the conversation on to Leslie that would lead on uh, something very special that we'd love to, to do. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, Jose, for offering your platform to the Latino Theater Company of the Los Angeles Theater Center. Deeply appreciate your giving us the opportunity uh, and to our esteemed colleagues that are here with us. Um, I just want to take a moment and invite us all in to a moment of silence for the victims of the Atlanta shootings, the six Asian women and the two other victims. And I understand there is even someone who's uh, still uh, injured from those shootings. And we want to acknowledge, of course, the um, Chauvin uh, trial going on, but to acknowledge the unjust murder of George Floyd and those who, the long list in the black community that have been unjustly murdered. And of course, those in the AAPI community, black community, Latinx community, native indigenous community who continue to suffer from hate and violence. And we also want to, of course, offer remembrance to the missing indigenous women and those lives that have been lost uh, from the newer members of our community coming as immigrants and refugees and who are currently detained in detention centers. So with that, a moment of silence, please. Thank you. Hello everyone, I just wanted to uh, give us a little bit of a framework um, how we're going to have this conversation tonight. Um, first of all, um, the main part of this conversation is really to figure out how we as a community of, of uh, artists and a community of audiences 
can really support each other and how we can protect each other. I think it's very important to, to find ways that we can protect each other and take care of, uh, of one another. So um, before we start with our questions and hopefully we could, we could be done with the conversation uh, and some question and answer from our audience um, within the next uh, hour. Um, so that people can go on and uh, have their dinner tonight and uh, whatever else they have plans for for this evening. Um, before we start the, the, the uh, questions, I'm going to ask my colleagues, my friends uh, in this group to introduce themselves and just to make sure that everybody in uh, watching our conversation um, have a little bit of, uh, of information and sense of who you are and, and you know, uh, your, your part in our community. So um, I will start with Stephanie and then after Stephanie, I will go to Snehal and then Snehal to Leslie and then Leslie to Jose Luis and then myself. So um, Stephanie. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Stephanie Lau and I'm a uh, founder and producing artistic leader of Artists at Play. We're a small Asian American theater company located in Los Angeles and we've been producing since 2011. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm zooming in from the San Gabriel Valley. Great, Snehal. Um, thank you, John. My name is Snehal Desai. I'm the producing artistic director of East West Players. Uh, we are based out of Little Tokyo here in Los Angeles. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I am coming to you from uh, the land of the Tongva here in Los Angeles. Leslie. Thank you, John. Uh, Leslie Ichie, I go by she, her pronouns, and I'm zooming in or actually streamyarding in from uh, the unceded territories of the Occoquan peoples on Clinket Ani. Uh, also colonially known as Juno Douglas, Alaska. And I am the artistic director at Perseverance Theater and currently have the honor and pleasure of serving as the board president of the Consortium of Asian American Theaters Artists. And I would like to lift up that Stephanie and Snehal are actually board members on the Kata board as well. Yeah, thank you. Honored to be here. Jose Luis. You're muted. Uh. Sorry. <laughs> I'm Jose Luis Valenzuela, the artistic director of the Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center in downtown Los Angeles. And thank you. And I'm John Lawrence Rivera. I am the founding artistic director of Playwrights Arena. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and uh, I. our office and our theater and my home are in the uh, ancestral lands of the Tongva Chumash people. So March 16th, I had actually gotten my first vaccine shot. So I was really in a great place. I was, I felt like while things are, you know, moving forward in the pandemic and because vaccinations were starting to open up. And then that evening we heard about the Atlanta shooting. So it was a really 
emotional day for me personally in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, uh, very happy and glad on the one hand, and then on the other, just a lot of anger and frustration and confusion that evening that, um, you know, was really hard to process. And I think a lot of people had <clears throat> a lot of a lot of feelings and I was on, you know, social media and chatting with our other uh, producing uh, leaders and associates of artists at play. And we just didn't know how to respond. Um, and we really decided to take some time to really, to think about our feelings. Um, you know, we have a lot of respect for individuals and organizations who are really able to take that anger and, you know, really mobilize with it, right? And really put words into action immediately. Um, I just have great respect for people who are really able to challenge those feelings. Um, for us, we needed time to process. And one thing that we've, we realized as the kind of the days and then eventually a couple of weeks, two weeks went by was that there were a lot of people very adamantly speaking out. And we really thought about what role do we have? What resources do we have? What are, and also that's related to what we know that can help contribute to this very multifaceted fight against, um, you know, anti-Asian violence, against uh, anti-Black racism, against, you know, just the overall systemic issues of white supremacy. And we really made a conscious choice to look at what are the kind of unique informational resources and learning resources that we can share that help demonstrate the humanity of our communities. You know, a lot of people were talking about the personal violence that they were experiencing. And so we had a lot of stories like that already out there. But for us as a theater company, where our purpose is to tell the diverse stories of the Asian American community, to look at what are the new narratives um, about our experiences, we thought that the best thing that we could do was to continue telling and sharing those resources that help bring humanity, help bring different stories to us so that we can help broaden perceptions and move away from stereotypes and mm -hmm. and yellow peril, you know, and model minority myth. Like what are the things that actually make us three-dimensional people? Um, so for us, that was, mm -hmm. that was what we felt that we could do as an organization. Yeah, it's very interesting because I, I think we have the same the same thing for Playwrights Arena because it's we have been uh, centering and uplifting uh, BIPOC BIPOC stories for you know for the last you know I mean since we've started it you know twenty nine years ago and I think one of the things that my board said right away in response to what's been happening is to really continue doing the work and not and not you know pulling back. It's really about trying to get them out there and also to try to encourage uh, some of our um, white allies in the theater uh, to, to, you know, to uplift those stories because I think it's really important for, for those stories to be seen. And, and for me, it's a really good way of, um, of expressing and showing the audiences that the fullness and the humanity of, of every, every, you know, BIPOC, you know, story.
so March um, 16th was actually my second pandemic birthday. So I was, um, I think it's, it's, <laughs> I'm over pandemic birthdays because last year everything shut down. This year we had the, so I'm, I'm okay skipping birthdays for a little while. But, um, you know, I, I, like all of you, I think we were all um, reeling, you know, um, this gets us in so many ways. And this has also all been building over the last year, right? I think the rhetoric of um, calling the coronavirus the China virus, you know what I mean? Making it so pointed has directly led to a ratcheting up of hate crimes. And, you know, this was the, worst possible case kind of scenario. Um, so at East West Players, we, you know, um, like uh, Stephanie was talking about and you, John Lawrence, we also made resources available, directed folks. Um, and then we put together, we had a, a panel conversation a couple days after, um, and we really wanted to center Asian American female voices because, you know, it, there's so many intersectional issues, right? It wasn't just Asian Americans, it was Asian American women who were specifically mm -hmm. targeted. Um, and this ties to the exoticizing and the fetishizing of Asian American women, oftentimes through TV, film, and theater. Um, and so uh, we wanted to just provide a space for um, uh, leading, we had, you know, we had folks who are both artists, we had academics, we had reporters, so a, a cross-section mm. of Asian American women um, of various backgrounds, speaking about their experiences, um, very poignantly and movingly talking about what they had gone through. Um, and then we also um, uh, relaunched our, we have our wonderful t-shirts that I'm here to hop. Um, but we did a special edition, which is Stop Asian Hate. Um, and the proceeds from these will be split amongst a variety of um, Stop API Hate uh, associated organizations. Um, and we, we've, you know, sold a thousand of these in a week. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's both raising, I think we've learned a lot since last spring, right? I think there's a couple of things we know when these moments happen, the, the most effective way to help support is money, right? Is cash. These organizations, these communities need that. So it's a way about doing that. It's a way about raising visibility. Um, and then we also, Leslie is going to talk a lot of, about what Kata did, which I think mm -hmm. is, um, you know, what's great is so many different organizations mobilized in so many different ways. Um, we partnered with AJ Raphael and also did a PSA. And we specifically for our PSA, A, wanted to target, you know, we're at the intersection of theater and um, TV and film out here in LA, right? So there's a specific population that we hit. Um, so we wanted to bring in those folks and then we wanted to really make it personal stories, right? So we wanted to make it less, um, you know, there, so there have been previous other PSAs in the past that haven't really shared what experiences were like. And so we asked folks to submit that. Um, so we have kind of done all of those things. And now, you know, as Stephanie was talking about, we are looking of ways to activate around the, uh, our artists and our storytelling. Um, so I think as we move forward, what are um, plays, what are conversations, what are artists who are doing this work um, and how can we, you know, bring them front and center around these issues.
A week before the Atlanta shootings, I had been accosted in our grocery store here in Juneau. And uh, gratefully, my life wasn't threatened, but it was, you know, just heavy. And it was in an aisle when I was alone. So, you know, this is not the time to school somebody. So you just got out of there. And I went up to the gro grocery store checkout because I thought, I have, if it's happening to me, it's probably happening to other people. I want to report it to the store manager. So is and the, a lot of the checkout people are Filipina, Filipina. And so it turned into an affinity space. Oh, I know. And then it turned into relating. And I realized they're frontline workers. They're they're enduring all this all the time. So we did manage to report it to the store manager. And um, I hope that it did some good. You know, you hope that resonates and, and they keep an eye out more for safety for people. Uh, but then I realized I had written a letter in our newsletter uh, condemning the actions around uh, George Floyd some time ago, and we had gotten some hate mail, right? And so during the um, during these uh, recent months, we would take a stance around just being more equitable and inclusive, and we would get some hate mail. So I finally thought, I got to go to our board. I was working with our staff, and I went to the board and said, you know, I had this situation occur. We've had all this whole, uh, like you were saying, Snehal, this last term with this former president who just refused to shift the language to coronavirus. And there's even images, snapshots now of where he actually would cross out the word Corona-19 virus and put in Chinese flu or Kung flu. So it was absolutely intentional on his part to be offensive. And um, I said to the board, this is escalated now. And this is, again, before the shootings. I said, I need us. I, I'm a very visible Asian leader here. And we have a whole Asian community, history of it, very vast Asian community here. Samoan, Filipinos, Korean, Chinese, Hmong community, Japanese incarceration, you know, descendants, uh, survivors. I said, I, and I'm a visible leader. I'm sure if it's, again, it's happening to me, it's happening to others. And immediately, gratefully, I didn't have to convince. They were like, we need to we need to protect our people. So almost, they were leading up to it. We've been doing EDNI work. And suddenly, it's like they crossed that line into saying we have to be a, an anti-racist organization. We must be a social justice organization. And we've been working uh, deeply with Alaska Native communities. And then when the shootings occurred, they were like, it, it is real. Like, not that you your thing, your situation wasn't real, but this is so real. So it just sort of it made it deepen into the work at our theater. And then I knew as soon as those shootings occurred, um, Snehal and Stephanie know this, that I just got right on with um, uh, actually TCG, Amelia Cachapero and Adrian um, uh, uh, Bandu, who... Um, came right away and offered a little bit of funding from TCG, but they were very clear, we want this to be Kata AAPI led. And um, then uh, we started to put together, we need, we had an API group that was forming hundreds. We have over 400 emails on a shared Google doc so that we can notify folks. And we've had two meetings and there are at least 200 people there each time. And basically we know now from activist movements that I'm also in with Suda for Solidarity, when we're in direct action, we also know to have healing space. We just have to roll like that now for self-care. So we've offered some healing spaces. We've also offered uh, the ability to coordinate efforts and support each other. 
And then Kata will continue with um, offering with HowlRound Theater, uh, Theater Commons a series on their uh, sort of HowlRound network, if you will. And we'll do, we'll work. I just had a meeting today with Hollaback at Dax Valdez, Filipino, who will offer us uh, some information around training. And the Hollaback organization is offering free training. So thank you. Thank you to your team uh, at LATC for sharing that email. Please go there. There is free training and you can get it online. And uh, one of the things that we're rolling with is that a bystander upstander training is how we're going to come together in solidarity and help each other, help each other stand up and be upstanding for each other. So um, we'll be offering more around those trainings and more around trauma informed uh, self-care too. And then we'll host, I think some solidarity building uh, sessions as well. So looking forward to that and doing our part to bring, um, to bring our communities together because we really are stronger together. The PSA that Kata was able to put out in concert with Snehal, with yours um, at, at East West Players, 50, over 50 artists uh, donated their time to it. Elena Chang uh, directed it. We had a wonderful editor, Olivia uh, Oguma, and uh, Brie Ang Schwartz was also coordinating that effort. And Tiffany Griffith was someone who helped with the graphics. So we just had a great team that came together quickly. And literally within that first week, we had that to say, we're strong. We felt we needed real representation um, that we're here. It's not going away and we're fighting it. Yeah. I just want to echo so much. Great. Uh, I, go ahead. Oh yeah, I just want to echo. You know, um, you know, yeah. Leslie took very decisive leadership, and I think particularly the PSA that Kata. You know, oftentimes with the, with PSAs, they're about educating folks about us, but there's also something about particularly the Kata one, which is um, a show of strength and community and solidarity, which is also empowering and healing for our community. So it's mm -hmm. one of those things where they can all serve different purposes, and so you know, mm -hmm. I want to thank Elena and Leslie and everyone who worked on that because there was something that was just heartening that knowing even though we're all so isolated, we're not alone. There is this very strong um, national community and presence um, that has been activated in this moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for that. I'll add too, we started a campaign called, granted it was kind of a little <laughs> hashtag had a bad day. So we can go to our website and you can click on, and there's a Google form and you can share maybe a bit. If you have had an incident, please do. And it's actually in support of the hashtag stop AAPI hate. If you go to their website, you can report an incident. And we ask that you do. We know there are so many folks out there that for cultural reasons, all kinds of thank you. Thank you to your team again for posting that. There's so many reasons culturally with the internalized oppression we've all carried over many generations, it can be difficult to feel that it's okay to tell the story. So we're encouraging folks, please, you can go to the Kata website for hashtag had a bad day and share your story. You can share it anonymously too. It'll help others feel um, encouraged to speak out. And certainly please do go to hashtag stop AAPI hate and report your incident. They're keeping a national statistic and it will help everyone to know the real impact of this hate that's going on. Yeah. Thank you.
Um, and I, I also know that um, uh, Snehal, didn't you do a, um, a town hall meeting right after, um, I think it happened right after the, the shooting? Did you, I, I remember you doing, hosting something at East West Players, right? Yeah, that I, was, the, it was like a town hall and panel conversation. And I think um, it was one of those things where it, what was clear was folks needed that space, right? So it was both, um, about educating and getting the word out, but it was also so clear that, you know, in this time, the we're all we don't have our theaters, right? We don't have our spaces where we can physically bring people together and they can gather. And so, you know, the next best thing was to be able to create some kind of virtual space where um, folks could also talk and and ask questions, but also in the chats, I think a lot of folks spoke up about their own experiences um, as it was all happening. And uh, I know Stephanie is very active on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. I think that, you know, when I when I follow her, I mean, there's a lot of information that she's always posting and she has a very, I think their website also has a lot of resources. If anybody needs to go to their website, there's a lot of, uh, uh, Stephanie, can you share some of your, uh, you know, some of those, uh, the information and where people can go and, and look at those things? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of our presence on social media, the credit goes to uh, our other producing artistic leader, Julia Cho. She's really good with Twitter and um, she definitely brings out the sass on Twitter. So that's the fun uh, follow if you're, it's AA play on Twitter to follow artists at play. But yeah, a lot of the resources. So when we curated our resources, we wanted to think about what are the different entry points that people have to learn about um, people in general or storytelling, right? So we actually didn't provide theater resources. Um, we looked at what are some of the mutual aid groups that support, um, you know, on the ground, grassroots support, um, you know, specific ethnic communities. We looked at um, movies, TV shows, books, uh, poets, you know, um, just because we know that art in many different forms, right? That's art educates in a way that, you know, hits those emotions. It's what brings empathy. So um, that was some of the things that we really tried to emphasize. Uh, one other thing that I'm particularly interested in is how youth learn about the different people and the differences in our world, because we do know that um, kids as young as three and four can identify people and sort people based on race and ethnicity. You've often heard four-year-olds say, I don't play with girls or I don't play with boys. So we know that kids start to develop these viewpoints when they're really young. Um, so as someone, I have kids, I've been really involved in their schools and it's really important to, if you have kids in your life, whether you're a parent or aunt or uncle, or, you know, you just have 
people, young people that you love, one of the ways that you can help is make sure that these young people, these kids are, are reading and learning about diverse stories. Because then if they are able to form and be educated on their own, then when they inevitably face racism or stereotypes out in the world, then they have their core values and their core information that they can um, fall back on and they can say, no, that's wrong. You know, uh, girls can be heroes or, you know, um, neurodiverse people, neurodiverse kids can, can are, are more than just, you know, um, can be more like we can all be more. Mm. And that, I think that's that idea and that humanity can really be emphasized and planted in youth. Um, and because of that, we've, for artists at play, we've become more interested in what theater for young audiences can really do as a way to supplement um, schools and what schools either don't have the time or resources to offer. And I know East West Players has had a really long history with their theater for young audiences. Um, and I know Snay Hall has, is constantly doing some really great work that is really trying to broaden the type of stories and plays that are going into elementary and middle schools. Um, and these are stories that kids really mm -hmm. need to see to become like decent adults. You know, the erasure of our community starts with, we're just not, you know, Asian American history is not taught. The impact that we have had on this country, um, you know, many of you have probably heard me tell this story, but when, you know, uh, when I first uh, came to LA, I w went to some LAUSD schools. And when you would go in those classrooms with our Theater for Youth show, and you would ask, you know, name an Asian American you've studied at any point in K through 12, in LAUSD, more times than not, not a single hand would go up. And, you know, it's the same also for if you ask, um, you know, name a uh, Latinx or Latino American you've studied besides Cesar Chavez, most times the students, you know, are, there is not, we are just not in the history or the curriculum. And that washes out the deep roots that we have, you know what I mean? And the, the stake we have in this country. Um, but, you know, one thing I also want to highlight is the, in this moment, the, the very interesting thing is these um, attacks are, are a lot of them or the ones that are predominantly being reported are happening in cities, right? In places that we think are liberal or our communities are safe, right? So it's Atlanta, it's New York, it's Oakland, it's the Bay Area, it's here in L.A., um, you know, and so there, there is something particular about that, that, you know, these are cities that have a large Asian American presence, and yet folks feel very comfortable 
to target um, particularly women and particularly the elderly in our community. Mm -hmm. um, and don't fear or worry about retaliation. So I That's think, right. you know, yeah, the bystander mm -hmm. training is particularly key because when you're in these moments, I think as people of color, we all know when you're in these moments witnessing, everything becomes, it's like a car crash, slow motion, and you're going through so many things. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the, the pressure to uh, address the situation is on the person who's either being attacked or the bystanders, right? All of that pressure goes on them, not on the person um, who's perpetrating the crime. And so I think any of those things that we can do to prepare yourself um, will help not only you, but our communities collectively. And I just wondered if any of uh, of my uh, colleagues and friends and the in the chat that if you have heard anybody else, you know, doing that kind of, of work, you know, because I know we as as a community uh, of of uh, Asian American leaders, I mean, we're already thinking about that. But what about the other theaters or or, or other uh, communities? Are what you know? What are they doing that you've heard of? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question, John. <laughs> um, because I think we need to, yeah. you know, I think we have to honor the the people who are actually, you know, trying mm -hmm. to do it. And I know there are a lot who are, you know, they 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 make the statement, they get it out there, and then they just do their business. And and that's the thing that's most frustrating for me, you know, when uh, you know, even in the beginning in the summer of last year when uh, Black Lives Matter was around and. Everybody rallied around that, and we support, you know, black artists. We, you know, black stories, and yet, even in through Zoom and through presentations after another, these white institutions are still, you know, doing white productions. And I'm going, what is happening? I thought we were shifting, and so, you know, it 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 would be great if there are those examples because I think, you know, I'm trying to, you know, actually like figure out if there there are ways and also if if you haven't heard like what could what could people do what could people do to really you know to really um elevate those stories and and uh, uh and elevate that the, the visibility you know which i always feel is is the thing that's like snehal just said it's not in the curriculum it's not in the schools and so how do how do we how do we get that out there and how do we encourage our non-BIPOC, you know, um, um, supporters to be able to to tell those stories. What mm -hmm. steps can they do? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I can share that nationally, there's been a couple of theaters that have come forth to say, how can I support? And I'll be honest, I say, well, a couple of things. Take bystander training, because I'm sure as you want to get more inclusive in your staff and with your audience, they could be targeted. So take bystander training and check in with your actual AAPI colleagues and staff members or board members, because I'm, I'm learning that not many people checked in on this. How are you? Are you okay? What's happening? You know, I know this is a lot. 
just check in. We put that at the top of our statement. Before you read any further, please check in with any AAPI staff, uh, community members, neighbors, you know, board members. And then um, I said to them, we have a lot of training we want to do. We have self-care for and, and trauma-informed care that we want to provide for our communities, and especially in the theater field. Uh, because we are in the front lines telling those stories and we absorb a lot and we want to be leaders out front to support uh, anti-racist and, and anti-oppression work. Um, so I said, help us by finding donations. Donate to our theaters. We're underserved. We have historically been under-resourced and underfunded. And that will come out soon in APAC's report about how it's just not changing that way. And then I even put, there, there'll be a statement coming out soon in the next week, actually. Uh, Kata will put out yet another statement. If you if you are AAPI and you would like to sign that statement, again, you can go to our website and there's a line there and you can click on and they'll give you a Google form to give you information so we can add you to our statement if, that, if you'd like to be active that way. And then I encourage our communities to read that. They're very informational about who we are, what we stand for, and you start to understand how you can take actions to be in support of us. A second statement will come out um, by April 12th when we have our first HowlRound episode. And this is one that you can sign on to endorse. And I know, Jose, I think I sent you an email and you were wonderfully supportive right away with LATC. So, you know, when you endorse something, also remember you want to be in alignment. So what actions do you need to take in order to support our cause and protect us move forward with anti-racism training and awareness for all of our uh, communities, the Black, Indigenous, Latinx, Pan-Asian, um, you know, Pacifica, MENA, the Middle Eastern, North African and Native Indigenous communities. Um, with you, in, if you injure or abuse one of us, you injure all of us, we're that connected. So our, our next statement will speak to how we condemn and specifically how our theaters have been impacted over the years around marginalization. And so you help by giving us resource and make sure you're asking funders, do I really need, I know folks who didn't take the PPP because they're so resourced that they knew it would leave more of the federal funding for those who actually need it. So that kind of assessment is also really, really important. I think, you know, Jose Luis actually mentioned it earlier, and I, and I will have him speak about it more, that, you know, the the Latino community, the, the Asian community, the uh, Black community, the indigenous community, I mean, we all share whatever is happening. The hatred was, I mean, I know that the, the hatred right now is highlighted towards uh, AAPI community, but it's an ongoing thing through history. And you know, we are allies. I mean, we every BIPOC uh, community is actually, you know, uh, have share have this shared experience. And 
I know Jose Luis, it's one of the things that you, you know, why you wanted this conversation is because, you know, even, you know, I mean, even Latinos obviously had their, their own struggles and now this is happening. Do you want to expand on that a little bit more before we go to the next question? I, I just want to say, you know, that the same that the Latino theater company felt that, like I say, to show support, but in an active way. And with that, it's very important for our community to understand where uh, the Asian community is right now and being able to activate themselves and support and, 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 and donations in any way that we can as a community. Because uh, I always, you know, I mean, when the, when the shooting in El Paso happened uh, last year, I remember I was as, as horrified, horrified, and I was the same feeling when the your shooting happened because I felt like, oh my God, the community retreats, the community feels terrorized, the community feels hurt. It's a lot of wound in the community, it's a lot of healing that needs to happen, it's a lot of protection that needs to happen. So, you know, the reason of beginning the conversation with you guys is to help us, you know, give us as much as you're doing information so we can uh, hopefully, you know, do active, active supporting, you know, mm. to the community. Thank you. Ivan, what was the follow-up question? While we're reading it, I just want to kind of echo some of the things that- Yes, please. Um, you know, the, the first thing is in terms of what fo folks can do, uh, I do think, you know, um, dropping a line and checking in means a lot, right? And I think doing it in a way that if someone responds, great. If they don't respond to you, that is, you know, know that they, they took it to heart and they may respond when, you know, they've had a little bit more time. But I think it means a lot to get a text, to get an email, to get a little bit of a message that says, hey, just thinking of you and I'm here. Um, I think, you know, that's what, you know, personally I try to do when our friends um, are in, in situations like Jose Luis was talking about the El Paso shooting. Um, I think, so I, I think that is one thing. I, the other thing is we are in this period where we need to do more than to just put out generic statements, right? They yeah. need to be taught rather than a statement. I, you know, this is again, just a personal thing. I would rather you just list out one action item and something, a timeline or some way that you're gonna hold yourself accountable, right? And it could just mean we're checking in with you know the Asian American artists at our that have worked with our theater, um, you know, in the next thirty days. But I, I just think something that is an action, you know, that has a timeline and accountability, also will go a long way. Um, I, I think you know what has been certainly heartening in the last week is to see all of the you know our organizations are so diverse, and we I, I think. We pride ourselves on being a home to a diverse array of artists, right? So that none of our organizations, East West Players, is not just a home for Asian American artists. I hope it's a home for um, you know Black artists and Indigenous and Latino artists, and also there's a lot of white allies, right, who work at our theaters. And I think it means a lot when those folks who have worked at our organizations 
also speak up and say something, you know, publicly. In terms of the theaters, though, I will have to say, you know, as Leslie mentioned, some folks did reach out. A lot of it has been very silent, and a lot of the weight has also been about the Asian Americans at those. Um, theaters who have had to kind of do the lifting or the work, right? They're the ones who are mobilizing, which is great, but you know, they're also um, hurting and it would be great for others to help in this moment and pick up the mantle. Um, mm -hmm. What I will say to our colleagues is don't send an email or a, a text or a call in this time and say, how can I help? And then we tell you, and then we never hear from you again and we don't see anything, right? Mm -hmm. You don't even have to tell us, respond if we, if we start it, but that you ask us and we tell you, right? These are the ways, and then it's silence. That is also damage, right? And that is actually, it's better you just don't at that moment. Um, so I, I just think there's a, a, a number of ways folks can support, and then paramount in this moment, the ways folks can support is they can go to our website, and they can go to our social media and they can join the conversations that each of our organizations is having, right? If you wanna support us now more than it, ever, it's easier to go to a reading from Artists of Play or Playwrights Arena or an East West Players show. All you have to do is open your laptop and type in our web addresses. How many of you are actually doing that? Because that more than to any of us, it me means a whole heck of a lot to our artists right? Especially in this moment. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think it's very simple, easy things. I hope when we all open, yes, you will come to our venues and support us. But I, I just think in this moment, there actually are some very easy ways for folks to engage um, that, that they're not, you know what I mean? That they're not yet at, at a critical mass level. Um, I think there are folks who are doing it and, and we want to thank them. But um, there's still a lot of silence. I think all of this is so important because I think all comes to the same issue, at least from listening uh, uh, of the idea that how we have to stop this idea of, of white supremacy. You know, I mean, at the end of it, all of it comes to root from that, meaning we are struggling as people of color, as the Asian community, as the African-American community, the indigenous community, we have to retake our story and our narrative. And I think it's Nehal, what you were saying at the end, it's very, very important that last uh, coming apart or, you know, it's not because of the Asian community, you know, that's, that's the wrong narrative. Last mm -hmm. coming apart is because of the system you know, all systematic problems that had had for years, you know. So I think that's very important that any of that, I mean, this is how we help each other. When we see that narrative, we have to push back and say that's not the right narrative to, you know, cut. So for the future of any organization that we have or the future of what we're doing.
Um, so I really want to thank you guys. I know what's happening with John Frost, but really want to thank you. There is more things that we need to do. Thank you for all the information. Thank you for giving us all the advice of what we need to do. And we will continue. We will continue. We, we as as always, will stay in touch and do more and more work that it needs to bring our communities together. Mm. Thank, Thank you, Jose, you Luis. Jose Luis. We have long right. history with the Latinx community. We won't stop here. We keep going, working together. That's right. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. And have a wonderful We will be safe. Support each other. Support AAPI businesses and Latinx businesses, too. Yes. That's right. Thank you. <laughs>